0: Media presents The Mike and Mo Show Now here are your hosts Mike Calendrillo and Maurice Mo Welcome one and all to episode 39 Of the Mike and Mo Show He's Mo, I'm Mike I switched it up there, I just want to throw everybody off But welcome as always To our fun little podcast here on the internet uh, It's been a crazy crazy few days here in the united states of america uh we're gonna get into a little bit of how that affects the world of sports and all the craziness that has ensued and of course we're gonna have plenty of football talk i'm gonna tell you about my uh this weekend in miami mo's gonna tell us about some some things going on in the world of basketball and you know maybe a baseball thing here or here or there but mo what's new how are you and uh you're still with us so that that's a positive
1: yeah, I'm probably not doing as great as you are. You're probably uh, pretty tanned right now. Yeah. If you guys didn't know, Mike had a little excursion out in South Florida, but I, I'll let him talk about that. But uh, <laughs> as he said, we got some football, we got a little bit of baseball, we got a little bit of basketball, and our, of course, our weekly picks, and so maybe a surprise segment at the end with a little bit of fantasy, a little bit of entertainment news, but of course... How could we ignore, we have to start with the presidential election, but this isn't a presidential or political show. Obviously, we're doing sports here, but of course, everything kind of revolves around sports or it trickles into sports in some type of way. And of course, you had some players, some athletes, some coaches weighing in on the election. Of course, if you haven't already noticed, Donald Trump is going to be the president of the United States in January. A lot of people upset. A lot of people happy because if you haven't uh, Watched the political track It was basically split down the middle and people Are calling us basically the Divided states of America Where we're kind of split down the middle Well Steve Kerr Stan Van Gundy and Doc Rivers all weighed in And by their reactions I don't think they were Trump supporters Just just by listening to their interviews But just to sum it up basically Kerr just felt Kind of disappointed because he felt uh, Country represents something different Stan Van Gundy said something along the lines. Doc Rivers was more optimistic, and he said, well, the sun came up because his Clippers had to play the day after the election where uh, a lot of people were in a somber mood. Uh, Stan Van Gundy, his Pistons, his players were in a somber mood. And uh, Doc Rivers said, you know what, the sun came up, and we played a basketball game, and we, we have to uh, band together and be united, which is, which is a, a good note, which is a good message to send out. Kaepernick had a very different message, what I thought was interesting that I picked up. He said he didn't vote. And I'm, I'm on the lines where if, just as you have the right to exercise your vote, you have the right to not exercise your vote. But my problem with Kaepernick is, he's in this realm now where he's kind of a mentor for younger folks. And some of those younger folks are at the voting age. And it's okay for Kaepernick to do what he wants as an individual behind closed doors. But once you become a mentor and you open your doors up to being an influence to younger people, he should be spreading the message to go out and exercise their vote and have their voices heard, because that's that's very important in our, our democratic society. And I think Kaepernick did a disservice to those younger people who look up to him and follow the things that he do by saying out in public that he didn't vote. Now, again, I want to make myself clear. I don't have a problem with what he does behind closed doors, whether he votes or not. But if he wasn't gonna vote, which he didn't, I think he should have kept that private. Yeah. Because, like again, those those younger those younger folks that are looking up to him, they're listening to him. They're watching his every move, and I thought that was kind of irresponsible on his part. It's basically voting suppression. Uh, there's a lot of arguing going on on social media, as you all know. People are unfriending people, which I think is ridiculous. If you're offended unfriending people just based on their political views i personally have stayed off social media for the most part commenting on the election because i don't have time to get into 15-minute arguments with people about who they voted for and why they voted for them i I just don't want to i didn't want to spend my energy doing that on facebook and if you did all that's all power to you it's your facebook you do whatever you want to do uh, by the way, the Raiders are on a bye week, so I, h- I had an extra excuse just to basically <laughs> just kind of chill out and disconnect from social media. Period. Like, just completely disconnect and just just chill out for a while. Um, what I will say about this is, a lot of people have obviously voiced their opinions, and a lot of people are on both sides are are you know either upset or really happy. But my major message is, it even if you didn't vote for Trump you would want America to to flourish. I'm sure you would. And I'll give this analogy, right? People, Because there are people out there who are hoping that Trump falls flat on his face and he completely fails. And I understand because you didn't vote for him, but there's a huge problem with that. You are living in America right now. So if Trump fails, America fails, so do you. So what does that look like? If America fails right now, that looks like... You know, healthcare going up. Your your elders, uh, children who are susceptible to disease or may have chronic illnesses. Older people who have chronic illnesses may be in trouble with that with uh with their healthcare. That's people more people homeless, more people without jobs. So if you're living in America, if you don't plan on fleeing like all these other celebrities said they wouldn't, didn't, then I I would suggest that you that you unite and you would hope that Trump does well, whether you voted for him or not. And again, my analogy is. Think of it as a group project, and, and you're in a group project with someone you completely cannot stand. But the, the, the instructor says, this project will determine your overall GPA and, and basically your future. Would you sabotage that project and sacrifice your future, or would you say, okay, for the greater good, I have to work together with this person and hope for the best? And I think that that's where we are in society. Now, if you, you didn't agree with, with Trump and his rhetoric or whatever problem you had with him, November 6, 2018, the midterm elections are coming up in two years. I saw a BuzzFeed video that made me go crazy because it's basically promoting, oh, okay, we have until 2020 to do something about this if you didn't vote for Trump. And I and I look at that, and that's completely false. We live in the meme society where if it's funny and cute, oh, we all share it, and, and people take it as, as this is what we need to do. And and I'm, and I'm out here telling people, if, if you weren't happy with the results, you need to be out there in 2018— during the midterm elections when the House of Representatives, every seat in the House is up for grabs at that point, which means the Democrats can take a portion of, of the balance of power. So if you're out there and you're knowledgeable, don't just vote in the presidential elections, no matter who you vote for, whether it's Republican, Democrat, Independent, uh, Green Party, Libertarian, whatever it is. Don't just wait every four years to place to cast your vote. Do it on the midterm elections because they need just as much as the presidential elections and I'll leave it at this okay again no matter who you voted for whatever side you're on Mike and I will not get into the politics of it or what we did on that day but at this point we need to unite and hope that we prosper and move on with our lives simply put no it's
0: very well said and it just seems like there's there's two different people that you know went out and voted there's the Roy Williams of the world North Carolina basketball head coach who gave his his students his athletes the day off from of practice to go vote because that's what he felt was important. And then there's the Nick Sabans of the world that get up on the podium and say, "I didn't even know the election was Tuesday." And you know, and the same sentiment there is the Colin Kaepernick's of the world that are really setting the wrong precedent. And and it, it just it just seems like he didn't vote. Obviously, he didn't believe in whoever was running for president. But it's because it didn't it didn't basically put him in in the limelight for a moment. He couldn't take himself. Out of the equation. And, and again, he's doing what he feels is right for America by not voting. That's that's the biggest problem. There was 37% of the population that actually voted in this election. That's that's nothing. So, you know, that's the thing where you need these people to go out and, and inspire... Because you talk to people, young people out there, and you say, "Well, why'd you vote for this person?" Oh, well, because Jay Z and Beyonce were on stage, and it's like that. Ha- that should have nothing to do with why you voted for someone because a certain athlete or or or, or Tom Brady is endorsing a person or Bill Belichick. It, that is not that has nothing to do with what we how we survive. You know, from here until eternity, that has nothing to do with the with the topics, the issues at hand. your favorite celebrity was on stage promoting that that's just that's asinine and that's that's a problem and you know i saw so many people saying i can't wait till 2020 they had the countdown clock well if you wait till 2020 from today who knows what could happen between now and then and i wrote on facebook you if you're totally unhappy with the results of this election then what did you do exactly to to sway it one way or the other you know, don't tell me you just, oh, I posted a meme or a gif or a funny video or I went out and, you know, I, I made some jokes. No, get out there and get in your local government. Get get involved, whether it's your district, your borough, your city, your town. That's where it starts, going out there and, and knowing the facts about the candidate and promoting that person in a positive light. And that's that was – this this whole election became such a crapshoot and such a negative just, you know, entity that it was horrible and nobody – like, maybe that's why – A a large portion of this country did not vote because it was so nasty. But, you know, when people say, well, you know, I wish it would have turned out a different way. Well, then we all needed to get involved a little bit sooner. And if you're really going to wait till 2020, well, then I don't I don't really there's not going to be, you know. Will change for good or for bad it's it's gonna just stay the same so regardless of who you voted for you don't need to nick you don't necessarily have to look to your to the tv or to the internet to get some inspiration um you should really just figure that out for yourself you know at the end of the day it's it's what you make of it and if you're happy with the election great if you're not happy okay but do something about it don't just wait you know that that's not gonna help anybody at the end of the day
1: you're absolutely right. The, the, what I want to get back to is the whole, oh, I unfriended all the Trump supporters on my Facebook. And again, it, it to me, it's it's it, we're at a point where we have to unite, and we're in a Democratic side, which means your side is not the only side. And I think part of it is that people don't—after a loss, you know, things get emotional. And we see this in sports a lot of times where players don't show uh, sportsmanship at the end of games because it's very emotional. But at the end of the day, you have to understand that there's winning and there's losing, and at certain, you're not going to be on the right side of everything. Yeah. At certain points, you're going to have to at least understand. In this, in this realm with politics, where where you may have some people that are are you know whatever the case may be, uh, racist or sexist or misogynist or whatever it is on one side or the other. But let's not paint everyone with a broad brush. And sometimes understanding a person's point of view and why they made certain decisions is, is a lot better and a lot more productive. Just, just just saying, okay, you don't agree with me, so I don't want to hear your opinion. Yeah. That's not a democratic society. Yeah. It, it's just not. And we ha- we have discourse between people, and that's what that's what makes our society unique is that we can have these conversations. And, and and I get it. It is it is an emotional time because a lot of people feel uh feel that family members and things of that nature are at, are at stake, and it may take a time before you're able to to listen to other people, and that's okay. But let's not go out here losing friendships, supposed friendships, over an election. It, it's time to it's time to come together. If you feel like the, the person that's in the leadership position right now is divisive then it's in your best interest to unite as many people as you can at this time. Because America needs it.
0: Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. Open Mic. Well, this past Monday night gave us actually one of the more entertaining NFL games of the season, even though ratings continue to drop Drop it like it's hot. Um, If if you guys didn't watch, actually missed missed a pretty good game. It was was highly competitive. Um, But the referees pretty much were blindfolded for the majority of the game, especially three times during the same sequence of play at the end of the first half, which pretty much cost Buffalo three points and probably the game, because once they went into halftime, they were pretty much just so disgusted and and defeated that you could tell there was no way that they were really gonna really gonna rebound from what occurred and it's too bad Robert Woods was all over the place Shady McCoy was Shady McCoy obviously the the Seattle Seahawks had a really really good offensive game plan I, I think they ran the ball maybe 10 times max and Russell Wilson looked like the Russell Wilson of old finally so there was a lot of good but Mo break down the sequence of events that really led to dan carpenter acting like a fifa soccer player right before the half
1: i'm gonna say this the seahawks are really smart specifically richard sherman on that play because we all know what do kickers do once you make contact with them What is the first thing that they do
0: they crumble like a piece of
1: paper right they flop and richard sherman knew this so when he runs off sides, and he did go for the ball, I saw the picture. He did go for the ball, but I don't think I think he meant to bump into the kicker, but not hurt him. Yeah, and he didn't because if you saw Dan Carpenter go down, after the med stab checked on him, he popped right back up like nothing happened.
0: Yep, soccer.
1: And I'm sure Richard Sherman. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure Richard Sherman knew that was going to happen, but the refs screwed that up because I believe uh, the head of the refs said, or uh, you know." and the kicker should have been called. Sure. It was. They just called all sides. So the Seahawks got away with that one. Then after the confusion goes, when there's still time left on the clock as the Bills players were leaving, they bring them back on the field, have them kick, and the kick doesn't count because the refs didn't reset the clock because the refs were standing over the ball with, like, five seconds left. So that's, that's the refs' fault part two is that they didn't reset the game clock, game clock so they can kick and for it to count. So of course, once they get the delayed game and they gotta back up five yards and it goes from a forty-eight yard kick to a fifty-three yard kick, of course Dan Carpenter misses. Mm-hmm. So that pretty much deflated the Buffalo Bills and kudos to Richard Sherman because I don't know if he figured they would blow the roughing the kicker call, but I'm sure he knew that the Bills didn't have timeouts. So if the kicker flopped if if the kicker flopped, this is why they were this is this is why Dan Carpenter had to come off the field because if you if you use a timeout for the med staff to come check on your player when you don't have any timeouts, he has to come off the field. Yep. And again, if, if that roughing the kicker had been called, he wouldn't have been kicked out of the game. But since they didn't call it, the ref blew that, the Seahawks got away with one, and you can see that they were kind of deflated. And the Seahawks are hyper-aggressive. And I think they really make the refs work. They really make the refs work. You know know the play know, Not the playbook But the rulebook Because When you have players Who are edgy And aggressive Then you have to really Know the rules Because if you don't Then you're going to screw up I mean we saw this with I believe K.J. Wright Batting the ball out of bounds And the rest got that wrong Because I believe You can't bat the ball Out the back of the end zone But they missed that call So this is This is This is why I like The Seattle Seahawks And the New England Patriots Because both teams They know They know the rulebook And they know that These referees sometimes are a little short on knowing, you know, situational type of, you know, things that go on throughout the game. So, of course, referees are going to miss certain calls every week. But when it gets really t- technical, it's really hard to officiate Seattle Seahawks and New England Patriots games, and that's why we're in for a treat this week when they play each other on Sunday Night Football. Mike and I will give our picks on that later. But I want to get to Dan Carpenter's wife.
0: Oh, please okay, do. Okay, really quick.
1: Yeah. Yes, really quick. Okay, she made a big mistake. big mis mistake after richard sherman up i was just, didn't injure her husband but bumped into her kicker husband dan carpenter she posted a, a twitter photo basically saying okay this is what we do on the farm when we have animals who are out of control and basically it's this it's this contraption that's like a castration thingy that you hook on to an animal if you want to castrate them and she says it was a joke. Apparently people on Twitter didn't take it as a joke. And what I will say is this, for any athlete wife, if you if you're married to an athlete and you have a Twitter account, stay off of it. Yep. If you want to tweet about flowers and cooking and, and gardening and, and, and MMA or just another sport or or you know bike riding or anything else besides the game, tweet about it. Don't tweet about the game and try to make it Uh, You know, try to be a comedian Because this is what is going to happen People are going to take it to the extreme Whether she was racially insensitive or not People are going to take it A certain type of way Again, way to the extreme Whether she meant it or not I don't know But Richard Sherman didn't accept her apology And a lot of people on social media came at her Because after Donald Trump won the election she She types in She tweets Trump with an exclamation point And a question mark As to say, how did he win? And then the first five responses I see under that tweet are Well, you and Trump relate Because you both hate black people Yada, yada, yada And I'm like, see? She opened up a can of worms And she may not have deserved it But you have to be careful Because people have to understand That Twitter is a very How should I say this? Uh, Twitter has a certain type of people on it And they will twist anything Into an extreme negative As I said earlier And you just have to be careful What you post and, unfortunately, she stepped into a can of worms.
0: Yeah, so, Mrs. Carpenter, welcome to the Miko Grimes Bad Girls Club, because <laughs> you deserve it, girl. You deserve it. Let's move over to the Denver Broncos, and, man, oh, man, do they have a problem under center. They, they were so inept last week against your Oakland Raiders that it, it honestly— I could have pulled the guy off of you know Section Four Hundred One, and he might have been able to move the team for more first downs than my man Trevor Simeon. It just he looked so lost. I mean, to fail to complete even fifty percent of his passives, uh, it was it was really hard to watch. And again, Kubiak, he doesn't he doesn't even. Really threaten Simeon, he just says, Well, he needs to get better. I don't think he can at this point. He's got 67% of his passes completed for 756 yards, five touchdowns, three picks, and a passer rating of 95.1. We're going into week 10 of the season. This is the team that is the reigning Super Bowl champion. How, how does he think that all of a sudden the light bulb is going to go off and he's just going to get better? Look, I understand that Paxton Lynch is a rookie and in the limited time he played was either really good or really bad. And he's probably not the go-to. But this is exactly what John Elway and company did to themselves. They backed themselves into a corner with two unproven quarterbacks. So, what did you expect? The defense got you there last year, but you still had a great running game in C.J. Anderson. You still had Peyton Manning, even though he had a noodle arm, Was still Peyton Manning was the smartest guy on the field. Did you really think you were going to be able to replicate that? Look at Carolina. Carolina is a shell of them former, of them former selves, and they really didn't lose as much as the Broncos lost. So, I mean, I know I'm usually a Broncos supporter, John Elway, you know, forever, but... So he just, he dropped the ball on this one. He really, really did. And if you're him, you can't really be surprised at the outcome. And I was even hopeful that they would have went out and did something crazy and potentially traded for like a Tony Romo who could be back this week. And you put him on the center and it's a thousand times better than what you've got. But Elway stood, stood pat. And this team could potentially finish neck and neck with San Diego Chargers, you know, for ne- third and next to last place because they're just not that good.
1: You sound
0: worried, Mike. You I'm, sound uh, kind of I mean concerned. I, I'm sad. I'm sad for John. I just um, but yeah. I mean, what are you gonna do? It just it is what it is. He did it to himself, and uh, yeah, they're just not a very good team. Not at all. They, so you want Brock Isom. my father. is that what you're saying? No, no. He he's horrible too. They need. They should have. They should have <laughs> did something adventurous. Gone out and gotten somebody. You know, pull a Romo, pull somebody that you know. Everything. Yeah, yeah, somebody that at least can bring some kind of excitement to the team. I mean, right now you've just got two guys that are you know very similar, and they're not—they're just not experienced enough to lead this team. And, and again, now that C.J. Anderson's out, where do they go? I mean, I don't know what—I don't know who you put the ball in on the hands of the offense and and, and try to get you to lead you to victory because it's—it's it's just not there, and that's not going to make Demarius Thomas any happier.
1: Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I just had to have fun with doing that segment. Thanks, I mean, thanks. I, I watched, we watched, we all watched the game because it was on national TV. The Raiders destroyed the Denver Broncos. I didn't bother Mike. Nope. Didn't didn't go there because I believe he was still recuperating or still actually partying. Yeah, Selfie. still partying. Um, they didn't want to go there with Mike. I was very happy for my Raiders, though, because I expected a closer game. I was actually... Stunned that the Raiders controlled from beginning to end And I, you know, I blasted it out on my Facebook, my Twitter You know, I was actually covering the game for Bleacher Report at that time And I was expecting a close game I was expecting people to come at me if the Raiders lost And I was so happy that they pulled it out decisively Decisively over the Denver Broncos Because it shows that the Raiders aren't just beating up on bad teams And that was the criticism that, oh, Oakland, they beat up on uh, was it Tampa Bay, Jacksonville, Tennessee? Those are nobody teams, and now they, they beat up on the Denver Broncos. And even though they didn't have C.J. Anderson, they still have a respectable defense, even without to leave. the, the Oakland Raiders didn't have Sean Smith. They didn't have their number one quarterback either. So I said it before the, the, the game in the previous show that I don't think Devontae Booker, though I like Devontae Booker, I don't think he can carry the load by himself as a rookie because running being a running back in the NFL – more than just running the football You have to know pass protection You have to be able to catch the ball pretty well Out of the backfield now So I think the Broncos I think teams won't won't respect the Broncos' run game Or their pass game at this point Which is not a good look for that offense Which is going to put a lot more pressure on that defense And you got to got Aqib Tlaib who's struggling with a back injury He's going to be out again this week Against the Saints in New Orleans So that's going to be tough for them Because you know the Saints are going to put up points Yeah, yeah uh, It's Not looking good for
0: them No, Saints, Kansas City twice, New England, Oakland I mean, these teams are averaging over 20 points a game So if Denver, you know, gives up 20 Are they going to be able to score 21? I mean, (laughs) it just doesn't seem likely You know, anything's possible You know, Saints don't have a great D and Oakland's hit or miss it seems on defense most weeks but uh, yeah if you had to put your money on uh, a team not making the playoffs in that division it's got to be it's got to be the Broncos but there's a guy there's a team that I went last week and rooted for and I was in a sea of Dolphin fans and there was a lot of Jet fans don't get me wrong a lot of Jet fans made the trek down to uh, down to Miami but I don't live there. yeah yeah they do they really do I mean I was one of them years ago but let me tell you as bad as Ryan Fitzpatrick is on TV, he's twice as bad in person. The, the guy just does not look like an NFL quarterback, and you know what? It shows. The most exciting thing he did during that game, which, by the way, was a horrible game, but but good because it was close, but horrible because it was just a terribly played game, uh, was that he had that, like, 15-yard uh, run where he then uh, pitched it back to Blau Powell. I mean, that's just a typical... Uh, Fitzpatrick type of play Something he should not have done But he got away with it But then he would drop back And he would go for these Eight yard screen passes And he would completely Miss His wide receivers Brandon Marshall Javin Marshall I mean Anybody named Marshall He was missing him uh, He had Marshall One on one in the end zone, numerous times, and either didn't look his way or was was trying to go crazy to Anderson in the back for a jump ball, and even the one play where Anderson did come down, the Jets had no luck because they said that Javin was touched. Uh, excuse me, that uh, Marshall was touched when he was on the ground. So it was just not in the cards. Forte, something's going on with him. He, I think, he only rushed like maybe 11 times and had almost 100 yards. But for whatever the reason, Powell was featured most of the game. But for whatever the reason, Todd Bowles still says that this is his guy. Week 10, if he's healthy, he's going to play. Now, I don't know exactly why. I know that Eric Decker, who's out for the year, came out and said that, look, we're behind, even though he's not playing, we're behind Fitzpatrick. The team still has a chance. Let's let's be honest. No, no they don't. This team is not going anywhere this year at all from everything I saw. And Revis actually had a pretty good game. I mean, they didn't look his way a whole lot, but when they did, he was right there. So kudos to that. But... The offense, led by this quarterback, who probably would be better than Trevor Simeon, it's just not. It's not doing anything. They got the Rams this week. The Rams are terrible. And um, I, I just, I don't, I don't know where they're gonna go. But for whatever reason, Todd Bowles does not want to go with Bryce Petty. And when Bryce Petty came in for three plays, I was just the happiest guy in the stadium. But again, they didn't let him throw the ball in the end zone. So Chan Gailey, the play calling, horrible. But when and if this season ends the way it is. There's going to be some changes, and I hope it starts with the coaching staff. and We don't necessarily have to give up on Bowles yet because, you know, he did an okay job last year, and it's only his second year. But Chan Gailey has got to go. And and honestly, a lot of it's going to fall on Bowles because why is he so enamored with this starting quarterback? There's got to come a certain point, and I thought it would be a loss to the Dolphins, where he finally says, no more, no mas, sit down, Ryan. You're not, you're not signed past this year anyway. We're going to eat the rest of your $12 million, and we're going to move on. I mean, Joe Namath has, has a point, doesn't he, Mo?
1: He has a point, but I, the only reason I could think of that Bowles is, is still holding on to Fitzpatrick is the fact that Bryce Petty may not really be ready fully to play in the game. I, I, I don't know that for sure because I'm not at these practices, but my guess is being that Bryce Petty just came back to practice a month ago after missing time with a bruised shoulder that he's, he's still holding on to hope that the Jets could still catch fire, which I know it seems comical now. With their record of, I believe, three and six, and they still have two games left against the Patriots, who they are not beating this year, by no, the way. No. But if you're going into this Rams game, this is what I think. I, I believe that if the Jets lose decisively to the Rams this Sunday, that it is time to put out Bryce Petty, whether he's ready or not, because at that point, the the, the future. The season will be done if you're three and seven going into week eleven with two games against the england left over. You're not going to the playoffs. Yeah. Okay, so it's time to start evaluating evaluating the future. And Ryan Fitzpatrick is not going to be a part of that future. Bryce Petty is. So at that point, I believe Bryce Petty deserves some time on the field. But I mean, even Fitzpatrick with an MCL sprain, he's toughing it out because he knows this is his last chance, and I think both is banking on. A- fact that this is Ryan Fitzpatrick's basically his last chance to salvage his career because after this it's over for him he's gonna be holding the clipboard or he's gonna be home with his kids doing Harvard puzzles or something like that because <laughs> it's not gonna work out for him on any other team at this point because teams are rather draft a young quarterback or, ha- or have someone who's at least coming off a good year Fitzpatrick is having a terrible year and I believe people are saying well do you think that uh Woody Johnson would fire Todd Bowles and I believe that that's far from the truth because as you said Bowles had a pretty good season. They were ten and sixteen. Typically, ten and six gets you into the playoffs. Yeah. It didn't last year. The AFC was pretty strong. You know, the Jets hadn't coughed it up in that last game because the Bills they would have been yeah. eleven five and in the playoffs. So yep. Yep. he did get the Jets to a double digit win season. It didn't work out this year the same way. And people, I think, like Todd Bowles, is no-nonsense attitude. But as we know, this is a results-based business where wins and losses mean everything. Yeah. But I think they give him at least a third year to see what happens at the quarterback position before they give him the boot.
0: Yeah, that's fair. But I would just change some of the pieces around him, you know, especially yeah. offense coordinator-wise. But speaking of coaches who are enamored with inept quarterbacks the los angeles rams i mean clearly they just are looking forward to that top 10 pick next year because mr seven and nine may not get to seven and nine this year oh my goodness case keenum is ryan fitzpatrick little brother yeah pretty
1: much and we all know this jeff fisher is a very stubborn seven and nine coach okay He's not going to cave into media attention. And, oh, you need to start Jared Goff now. He's not going to cave into that. As I told you, he didn't start Steve McNair right away either. But I think this is more on Jared Goff. I don't think Jared Goff is ready. If you watched Hard Knocks, the guy, he, he was confused all the way. Yeah. And you could tell he was very raw. And I know he's a rookie, and you should expect that. But I don't think he's ready still at this point to play. I think if you put Jared Goff on the field, you put him in danger because. Uh, they don't have their weapons clicking. I mean, right now, Kenny Britt is their most productive offensive player right now. It's not even Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley still doesn't have a 100-yard games at this point. Killing me. Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley is getting 12 to 15 rushes for about 50 to 60 yards. So, yep. I mean, there's a lot going on with, with the Rams right now outside of quarterback. Their run game is not even that powerful. So, I don't know. The Rams... I, I, I still think they get to seven or nine because they're a tough, scrappy team. They win. They win games you don't think they're going to win with their defense. But that offense needs needs some weapons. If if they get a top ten pick, they they need to draft a wide receiver number one. I, I know people are against drafting wide receivers high because they say you can get a productive one later rounds. No, give, if you're going to start Jared Goff next year, give him a weapon that he can grow with. Because as I said, outside of Kenny Britt, they got nothing.
0: No, they they really really don't and I, and I saw Chris Carter was talking to that ESPN and he feels that the, the Rams know that Jared Goff is a bust which I, I mean that's a little little much pretty quick to label him a bust but according to him they know that he's not going to be any good and that's why they, they don't want to put him in uh, that they should have drafted Carson Wentz and maybe they should have maybe they shouldn't but don't you have to put this guy on the field and at least prove that he can or can't before you come out and say well they screwed up
1: this is what I do, okay? Their last two games, they have a tough schedule. After the, after the Jets in Miami the following week, they have they have at New Orleans, at New England, versus Atlanta, and at Seattle. I don't start him in any of those games. Oof. I wait until week 16 when they go to San Francisco, or actually they're home to San Francisco, start him in that game, and then start him versus Arizona because at least you end a season with two home games. And uh, San Francisco, as you know, is a dumpster fire. Hmm. Arizona may be a little better by that time, but they may have already been in the playoffs by the last week of the season. So I think you give them at least two starts to see. Give them some time, you know, with the season loss because you know you're not going to continue with Case Keenum. But, yeah. you know, who knows what Jeff is going to do. He's probably the most stubborn head coach in the league right now. So Absolutely. who knows?
0: Well, Let's move down the coast a little bit. It looks like the San Diego Chargers may be looking for a new home sooner rather than later yet again as the good people of san diego decided to send a resounding message that they do not want to pay for an nfl stadium i mean rightfully so because they were going to be stuck paying for the majority of taxes but uh measure c on the ballot in san diego was rejected with just over 57 percent of the voting population saying no to the stadium uh would it change some of the uh, taxes directed to the stadium and convention center expansion project so it's i'm it's curious where this is going to really leave uh, the team, the Chargers, I mean, are they going to go up to L.A.? Are they going to rent, uh, you know, space from Stan Crockey and the Rams and have some dual tenant? Uh, are they going to, you know, can you even suck it up and stay in San Diego at Qualcomm, which was built in the 60s and they say is dilapidated? I've never been to it myself. But, uh, I mean, you got to understand, people don't want to jump from 10.5% to 16.5% uh, hotel tax just to pay for a stadium so, I mean, where can they go? San Antonio, I mean, Vegas But I, I can't envision them staying in San Diego for, for, you know, much longer at this current rate
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right People don't want higher higher bills People don't want to increase their bills these days, okay? Yeah. Uh, 50, as you said, 57 to 43% quick note voting does matter yep. It matters yep. uh, People obviously said no, and it's not going down so uh, Spanos has an issue here Where he can either stay in an old, outdated stadium The lease doesn't expire in Qualcomm until 2020 uh, Which happens to be the next year of the presidential election mm. um, Or he can go to L.A. and share a space with San Crocky and the Rams Now, I Spanos originally wanted to go to Carson California with with uh, Mark Davis of the Raiders and the NFL chose Stan Kroenke's project and Inglewood over that Carson project so mm-hmm. that blew up now you mentioned Vegas and I think of, to be honest with you the, the Vegas deal with the Raiders might fall through but that's a whole other story but I think Spanos is either stuck with coming up with a new proposal and I think that's what he'll do first is to come up with another proposal and hope that the people will accept it somehow or move somewhere in San Diego somehow yeah. but he can't if he can't, then he's going to—the longer he stays in San Diego, the more money he's going to use in that outdated stadium. Yeah. He's going to loop to better markets. So he, he's better off just taking it to L.A., sucking it up, share space with Stan Kroenke, and, and you know, move the team to L.A. I, and I feel sad for San Diego people because they're, they're good people out there. There are a lot of uh, military bases out there, and, and fans actually come out. There are a lot of Raiders fans out there, too. But San Diego, they I mean, when the team was first— Rumored to be moving to LA People were kind of up in arms Because they they actually Like their charges Even though the charges Have been kind of dysfunctional You saw it with Joey Bosa And Tomlinson When he got signed And stuff like that But the people Who actually come out Actually love their football team And it would be sad To see a team like that Who's been in the area For so long Move somewhere else Even though it's still Within the state It's always sad to see A a home base lose Their NFL franchise
0: absolutely and it's one of my favorite cities in the entire country been multiple times it's beautiful i mean you know it's just a great it's a great city to enjoy yourself in and if you could live and afford to live there and more power to you but i'm just curious what would happen with uh mr philip rivers because he was very adamant that he did not want to go to la and sign you know re-sign that uh long-term extension so uh obviously money walks or talks and what people walk when they don't want aren't too happy about it but Who knows what's going to go on. I'm sure we'll have plenty more to talk about as far as San Diego and the Raiders and where they're going to end up playing and all that good stuff in the coming months. Until then, we're going to hop off. We're going to talk some NBA in the next segment. So stay tuned. Be right back. It's now time for Building Momentum. Real quick, a couple episodes. This guy named Mo said that the Nets might be playing better than the Knicks this year. So lo and behold, (laughs) the Knicks... Go ahead and beat the Nets 110-96, and all I can think about is, Mo, what, are you crazy? Talking smack Jeremy Lin? No, no, no. Regardless, the, Nets are, the Knicks are not exactly lighting the world on fire right now. They're 3-4, and four, and already we're hearing rumblings of discontent from the Zen master, Phil Jackson. Well, he wants his team to use the beloved triangle. Jeff Hornacek was told that he could use it, but he could use it when he wants in his own type of way. And Phil is saying that that is not the case. We've already heard that Phil also wants the man that he drafted at number four, Christos Porzingis who dropped another, I believe it was, what, 21 points of the night. He wants him to be the focal point of the offense, which makes sense because, you know, we've seen Carmelo as the focal point. We've seen Derrick Rose as a focal point, and it hasn't worked. But Hornacek said that this kid's only 21, and he's still got a lot of time to grow, and he doesn't want to put that pressure on him on an up-tempo, run-first, fast-break type of offense. So, Mo what should we expect the rest of the season is hornacek right is phil right are they both wrong is this going to be another 35 win season what are we going to do with this team besides get a major migraine
1: okay it's very simple okay hornacek is right because hornacek is the head coach all right Mm -hmm. phil jackson is the team president phil jackson gets the players to new york hornacek coaches the players phil doesn't get to choose when he wants to step in and out of these practices i mean he does but he shouldn't because he should be fulfilling his role as a team president doing that stuff you're not coaching anymore phil your laker bowl days are over your job title has changed and you need to let your head coach coach the team and i gave this analogy millions of times to people and i said have you ever worked at a job where your supervisor told you to do one thing and then his manager comes downstairs To monitor your day-to-day activities And he tells you to do something totally different How confusing is that for the employees? And that's what the Knicks are going through right now When Phil Jackson decides to come down From his Oval Office And, and stalk the practices and, and chirp about the triangle That could be annoying As a player, I would be totally annoyed I would be like, someone needs to get Phil out of here Is he coaching the team or not? Because if he wants to coach the team He needs to be on the bench every day If he's not coaching the team Get out Okay <laughs> Let the coach Run the offense The way he runs it I mean Jeff Hornacek didn't, Doesn't have a Sparkling track record But he did pretty well With a young Phoenix team With a lot of Juggling a lot of Guards in that backcourt And I really like Phoenix offense When he was there And I think he can Put that in play With the Knicks And you see how well Derek Rose is playing With a fast pace And a pick and roll And I don't think The triangle fits The talent the Knicks have Jeff Hornacek Is also right about Christoph Porzingis eventually he will be the best player on the next team but he, again he's still he's he's young i believe he's what twenty twenty one 21 years old yeah let the vets run the offense he'll come along because as you see i don't know if you watch these games but a lot of times when Melo and d rose and, and kp are on the floor at once sometimes he gets ignored yeah that's because he hasn't earned that yet okay so i i understand why he gets ignored and why and why horn staggers his minutes so that he plays with the second unit kp flourishes with the second unit because he becomes the focal point at that point but when he's on the court with mellow and rose they don't exactly have that chemistry down where they each get equal touches it's still kind of like okay rose dominates the ball one you know when he has it and then maybe mellow will dominate the ball next time they're down on the court and then kp kind of just gets the leftovers so hornacek is right on both accounts he, he Christoph Porzingis has to come along with his game. We see good flashes from him, but once he gets consistent, once he inserts himself as 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 the best player on that team, then he'll get more looks. But for now, it's going to be mellow. It's going to be D. Rose, especially why D. Rose is playing the way he's playing. But, again, the triangle. Let it go, Phil Jackson. We understand you were successful with it back in the day, but let Sec do his thing. Let him run that offense how he feels fit and move on with it and see how it goes because a lot of times after a win phil jackson would come down he would gripe about why didn't she use the triangle what well, we won, phil jackson calm
0: down <laughs> so so maybe phil should have hired you to run the defense instead of kurt Ramsesby, who oh, was yeah. moved back into yeah. the defense which that really can't go well for for Hornacek, right like you're telling him now who his defensive coordinator basically is
1: yeah, I mean, what, I mean, what what are we doing? Football here? Is this the Giants we're playing? Like, you got a defensive coordinator? You want you wanna, you want a free throw specialist now? Like, what Ooh, are we? Yeah. What do we doing? Like, first of all, Kurt Rambis was put there as Phil Jackson's mouthpiece because we all know Phil Jackson wanted to hire Kurt Rambis so bad. Yeah. But reports were that the players weren't on board with it, and we all know the fans would call BS on that because we all know that. Kurt Rambis would be just a puppet for Phil Jackson's triangle offense. I read a report today that the reason Kurt Rambis wasn't successful in Minnesota when he won, I don't know, less than 40 games in two seasons is because he paid too much attention trying to run the triangle in coaching D defense, and of course that team was horrible. Mm-hmm. So we all know why Kurt Rambis is there. So Phil, we all know Phil pushed him up to being, quote-unquote, the defensive coordinator so he can keep his mouthpiece in a favorable position so that, if Jeff Hornacek somehow gets fed up and says, you know what, I quit, guess who's going to move into that position? Kirk Rambis. So Man. if the Knicks are
0: not careful, this could get really ugly really soon. Phil just needs to back off and let Jeff run the team. But would it be Knicks basketball if there wasn't this much disconnect to start a season? Uh, nope.
1: No, I can't. Like, we, they have the players, and they, and it's just it's always something with the Knicks. It's yeah. so not Isaiah Thomas doing something crazy. <laughs> it's... It's it's Phil stepping in. It's Kurt Rambis upset that he didn't get promoted.
0: It's it's just come on, people. It's James Dolan being a fool. Like come on. Yep. It's the Knicks, the Nets, and the Mets. They're all basically the same type of team. So, but it's one thing that's going really well. And if you would call eighty million dollars a steal, you'd have to look at my man Harry Barnes. Harry Barnes is on fire with the Dallas Mavericks. Twenty four years old. He's averaging close to 24 points a game, close to six boards... I know it's only like seven or eight games right now, but I mean, he replaced Chandler Parsons, who finally got on on the court the other night in Memphis, and Harrison Barnes, who you know, what did he play during the Olympics? Uh, six and a half minutes, which you know could have hurt his self esteem, but he's really he's coming up big. He's looking like the guy that played in North Carolina, the guy that was drafted really high by Golden State, and he's making everybody think. Well, maybe Golden State should have kept him. I mean, hey, you gotta you gotta give you know props when they're due, and right now again i know it's early but this guy is a big time scorer if if you know he can just stay in the game that's always been his problem he seems to disappear for you know long stretches so maybe maybe it's gonna click in uh in dallas i mean i'm i don't want to get too excited but i'd love to see the tar Heel do well
1: yeah i was gonna say i i know you're waving the pom-poms right now because <laughs> he went to north carolina but I mean, I expected his numbers to spike because he he's going from being the fourth best player to probably the best player on his team because Dirk Nowitzki is out with an injury, I believe. Yeah. Darren Williams has been in and out, and he's, he's older now. So, I mean, who else does, does the Dallas Mavericks really have? He's their focal point player. Even though Cuban tried to say he's not their focal point player, it's obvious that he is. Yeah. He jumped from averaging 11 points to 22 points, which is great for him. And he's a, very, he's a very smart player He, he I, I view him as a building block To a good team I wouldn't be too thrilled if he's your best player Because as you say he can disappear at times And he, I mean he's okay On a defensive end But they still need some parts there But I'm happy for him that he's actually coming out of the shadows Of all those great Golden State players That he had over there he was playing with And now he's, he's really showing his skill That he can score the basketball And he's efficient He's shooting 49% from the field this year So It's a good look for Dallas. They're still a couple of pieces away from actually contending out west, but I'm happy for your boy Harrison Barnes, even though he went to the North Carolina.
0: Yeah, and when you think that, you know, he got eighty million and uh, Courtney Lee got fifty five, well, what happened there? I would have rather given my man, you know, twenty five million dollars more and had, you know, a legitimate guy that can drop twenty a night, you know, and, and play defense instead of a three and D guy who forgot the three and plays a little bit of D. <laughs> so you was shade that. at Courtney Lee? Right I've now? been. I've been throwing since he was drafted by Orlando back in like nineteen seventy three, I've been throwing shade <laughs> at a University of Western Kentucky. I've not been a fan since he blew that layup in like game wow. four against the Lakers back in the two thousand nine NBA Finals. I've been throwing shade at him because I am not impressed.
1: Wow, that you! This is a deep, This is this is deeply rooted, yeah. right? You took it to oh, O nine, my ru- man, he, like
0: he's just, ruining. No, he's ruining all my teams. He's ruining <laughs> all my teams. He has a personal vendetta against me.
1: Don't. No, no, that's Courtney Lee That's Mike Calangelo That's not Maurice Moten So if you
0: yeah. want to uh, direct a shout out You know, send it over So over Weak to him, sauce. Not me. Weak sauce Anyway, let's move to baseball And I know the season just wrapped up Chicago Cubs breaking the 108-year world You know, World Series uh, Billy Goat Blah, blah, blah You know, finally won We're happy we're at Disney World We're on Saturday Night Live Okay, we get it Let's act like grown ass men. Anyway, the free agency period has started on Tuesday. It's early. A lot of rumors, a lot of rumors flying around. R.A. Dickey, a 42 year old knuckleball pitcher, who used to be with Moe's Mets. He is the first signee of the winter period going to the Braves on a one year deal with a club controlled option for year two. That is not the news that is really, you know, imperative. What is kind of interesting, although, is uh, former Yankee former cincinnati red now cub maybe former cub enrolled as chapman he wants to get paid he wants to join the mo money mo buckets jr smith book club slushy <laughs> drinking team okay he reportedly wants a hundred million dollars a hundred million dollars which would be 50 million dollars more than the highest salary ever for a closer in the game of baseball jonathan Papelbon got 50 million dollars Four years from the Phillies back in 2012... Now, I get that Chapman is 28 years old, coming off a season with a 1.55 ERA, 36 saves, and 39 opportunities, uh, but he, he was fatigued, especially if you watch that Game 7 was a great Game 7. Joe Maddon used him and abused him, and even when he was with the Yankees this year, when he was with the Yankees, his ERA was closer to about 3-2-2, so there was points where he was great. I, I called him uh, effectively wild. He wasn't wildly effective because he was all over the strike zone, and this guy, that's two pitches, and don't get me wrong one is 105 mile an hour fastball give or take when he wants to get it up there and the other is a slider but that fastball when it doesn't move it gets hit and major league baseball players will and can hit a hundred mile an hour fastball. It's just the way the game goes. So, um, if anybody is gonna give this this guy a hundred million dollars, that's a huge risk. And we've already seen that the Dodgers have talked to him. The Yankees have thrown their hat in the ring, but I, I just don't see them giving him that type of money. The Giants have spoken with him. Obviously, the Cubs would like him back. And there's plenty of other teams that may you know pop up. But to drop to drop a hundred million dollars on a guy who you know should only pitch once. You know three outs once a day maybe every other day uh that's a lot of money especially when you figure you know what what starting pitchers get i mean starting pitchers get that type of money and, and and oftentimes they don't pan out i mean zimmerman this past year from the tigers got like 120 million give or take and he missed most of the season and the tigers are already reportedly looking to deal him uh zach Grinke got over 200 million dollars from arizona and he missed most of the season i mean it's just it's a huge amount of money to put on a on a pitcher in general but a guy who who maybe comes in 55 60 appearances a season ah, that, that's dangerous, Mo.
1: So real quick, okay, now, I want you to, first of all, two questions. Yep. Do you think he gets the $100 million And who do you think has the, I'm going to give you three teams, and you tell me who do you think has the best chance of landing him? Okay. Dodgers, Yankees, Mets.
0: Ooh, well, out of those three teams, it's the Dodgers. Uh, Unless, of course, they bring back Kenley Jansen. But surprisingly enough, that's the one guy that, Maybe they feel they have a direct course to sign because he's so close with Clayton Kershaw and he's come up with the organization, but he's been the guy that it seems like uh, they're not talking about. And I don't know if that's because obviously they did offer him the one-year qualifying offer of $17.2 million, or the fact that they obviously gave him uh, that qualifying offer. So if he turns it down, they'll get a first or second round pick uh, depending on the slot uh, in return for him. So maybe they're not concerned, but that would be the guy I would go get. But to get back to your question, it's not going to be the Yankees because they're just They're they're pinching pennies these days They still have Dylan Batances Uh, If anything I see them going to get a guy like a Mark Melanson Who may cost you 60, 65 mil Uh, Maybe swinging a trade for a David Robinson Who they used to have Uh, So something like that The Mets... The Mets is in the same boat If anything they need to spend They need to spend a lot of money Maybe like 150 But go out and get like four pieces that are that are available Like a Dexter Fowler to put in center field Maybe trade for like an Evan Longoria to put it third uh, Matt Wieters behind the plate There's a lot that the Mets need uh, They need to figure out if they're bringing back Neil Walker You know what's going to happen with David Wright Lucas Duda Tons of question marks, and obviously we talked about the Jerry's familiar problem last week. He obviously uh, pled not now, not guilty, uh, no contest this past week to domestic violence allegations. Uh, more than likely, he's going to get suspended. Just going to come out and flat out and say that we. Hopefully, we'll hear lots so sooner than the whole Chapman thing that took up until about spring training. So don't be surprised if he gets what Chapman got, which is thirty games. Now you know a month of the season's a lot. The Mets do have Addison Reed. There, like I mentioned, there are a couple guys that are still available. The big three closers, Melanson, Jan and uh and Chapman and there are plenty of guys I mean the Indians have already spoken about potentially trading Andrew Miller who they just got from the Yankees because they they know they have a luxury they have Cody Allen and they have Andrew Miller uh you know it's great to have both but they they too need other things so maybe maybe a team like the Mets goes out and makes a trade for a guy like that now the Mets don't have as deep a farm system as they once did but they could still potentially swing swing a trade but it's, it would be Dodgers if they don't bring back Chanson Just because they've got those deep Magic Johnson money, money pockets
1: So there you go Aim high people Even if you're a uh... A relief pitcher, or closer, whatever it is Aim high, you may get what you want or From a desperate team or a team that really needs you And thinks you're the, the missing piece to their puzzle
0: Yeah, I mean uh, Obviously we saw this playoffs that uh, Closers are, are huge, I mean if you've got One, great, if you've got two Like Cleveland, I mean they, we spoke The entire series that they didn't necessarily Have the pitching because they were hurt, they didn't have the best Offense but they had the best bullpen uh, mm-hmm. So I mean it, it it just Goes to show, look at the Yankees when they had Batances uh miller and chapman they led the league in saves and they traded both, both two of those guys in august so when you don't have a great starting staff uh which you know nine ten not probably what five out of maybe 50 60 percent of the league doesn't have a, a, a super staff you got to go out and get guys like that and they'll be I and mean, that's why Maybe Maybe the Dodgers get crazy And offer 100 million I I, I, Me The highest I go And would be 90 And that's a lot of money For a closer Uh, The Yankees probably Won't go higher than 65 Giants might go a little higher Because they too Have no uh, no minor league system like we're talking around dead last so they don't have a lot of pieces to trade they but they have money you know it's a winning club so maybe they get crazy and they get around that 85 90 mark and maybe the dodgers are forced to outbid them if they don't bring back jansen but it's just i would have never thought that we'd see you know almost a double increase from where we were in 2012 for the salary of closers but obviously it goes to show they are very important to winning you know a world series
1: there you go. There's, there's the young version of Peter Gammon giving it all to you about Roldis Chapman and his and his $100 million bid, but we'll be back with the wrap-up and our Week 10 picks. The Wrap-Up. Well, as usual, uh, Mike and I trade off good and bad weeks. I mean, I didn't have a bad week in Week 9. I'm I mean, I don't know what Mike was, but, you know, 7 and 6 ain't ain't bad. No, you know what I was.
0: (laughs) was. You know I was 11 and 2. 11 and 2, which is almost 100%. So, kicked your butt. But, guys, keep going. But
1: uh, the Ravens just wrapped up They won 28-7 to over the Browns Mike and I, we're not cheating here, we both Actually had the Ravens winning, because yep. yep. who, who would actually yep. pick the 0-9 Browns to actually win? Nobody. I said this To Mike off-air, but I think this Browns team Could go 0-16 We haven't seen that since the Lions, but If you look at the Browns' schedule They have the Steelers next, then they have The Giants, then the Bang- they have a bye week Then the Bengals, the Bills, San Diego Chargers, and Steelers Where do you see the win there? I mean, at The team that I can see them getting upset over most is probably, I hate to say it, but I think it could be the Giants. If they were going to win a game, it would have to be the Giants, because I don't think they're going to win a game within their division. I don't think they beat the Chargers with the high-part offense. The Bills have a really good run game. The Giants are the team that doesn't have a run game, and Eli Manning could be a great quarterback one week, and he could be a trash bag the next week, so... If they're gonna upset a team and win a game, it would have to come against
0: the Giants in Week Twelve. Yeah, but the I think Jets on Thursday Night
1: Football
0: tonight. But the Jets beat the Browns, and the Giants are a way better team than the Jets, so that's how I rationalize that. Yeah. there you go. Yeah. All right. So let's keep up with the picks. <laughs> Pick number two: the Kansas City Chiefs and the Carolina Panthers. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna roll with the Panthers until they drop another game. I've decided it. That's just what I'm gonna do because I went back and forth on this game. I feel like I feel like the Chiefs are good. They're not great, but that's what the Chiefs do. Uh, you know, Ware should be back this week running the ball. That will definitely help because sure, Kendrick West had like 12 rushes for like 12 yards last week. He was terrible. Um, but it's a good defense, potentially a good defensive game on paper. But usually when that happens, like we always say, it's offensive explosion. We're going Cam until they lose
1: yeah i'm going cam here simply because uh the chiefs have a very poor run defense and if there's one thing that the panthers do they move the ball on the ground pretty well uh from cam i don't throw at marcus peters their cornerback he, he's an interception machine out there but i think the panthers their front seven will, will be good enough to stop the chiefs and the chiefs won't be able to exploit the panther secondary so i'm going panthers on this one
0: all right Well, the Jaguars got a new offensive coordinator last week and finally unleashed Chris Ivory, who rushed for over 100 yards. So uh, that was nice to see. But this week they take on the Texans. Texans obviously not so good this year on defense, obviously losing J.J. Watt. But Mo tells us that the AFC South is still up for grabs, so I'm going to take his word, even though every time I do, he usually um, screws me up. I am going to take Houston because the Jaguars are just so inconsistent Chris Ivory could go back to having 22 yards rushing this week.
1: Yeah, I'm going with the Texans simply because they're the better team and the Jaguars <laughs> still aren't that good. And I, believe, I I I really the reports are saying that if the Jaguars lose this game they could possibly fire Gus Bradley. Good. Like so that, I don't know if this is, becomes like a a San Diego Chargers situation where they play hard for their coach. But I don't think it's gonna work. Cause I think Houston had two weeks to prepare. They're coming off a of bye week. They win this game.
0: Uh, the next one, Mo's gonna, you know, I, I guess you clearly can't, can't be surprised now anymore. It's the Broncos and the Saints, and I'm going against the Broncos. It's three weeks in a row now. Uh, oh. yeah. I mean, I'm just gonna it's Drew Brees. I'm taking Drew Brees, and um, <laughs> the, until until the Broncos get a quarterback, I'm taking I'm taking anybody that's <laughs> playing the Broncos. So.
1: Until they get a quarterback, yeah. so I guess that's... Next year. Not going to happen next year. Nope. Yeah, basically. Next year. Yep. Uh, they're going to New Orleans. They're not going to have a keep to leave out there. And the Saints still put up points, and now they have two running backs in that backfield. Tim Hightower is now a factor in that backfield, so giving will give a brief, another weapon.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So, uh, yeah, got to gotta go with the Saints in this one, and Broncos lose another one.
0: Uh Man, one of the games I lost last week was the Jets. I should never bet on my teams, but it did. Yeah. And I'm gonna bet on them again because Case Keenum is terrible, and it's the battle of the brothers, Case Keenum and Ryan Fitzpatrick, separated. At birth. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> so, separated
1: I mean, birth. And one grew, one grew very went to Harvard, and the other I don't know what happened,
0: but yeah, um, he went to Houston. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
1: I the Jets. I'm I'm going with the Jets here only because the Rams, as you said, the Rams offense is just that putrid. And I just think the Jets win a, a 13-10 game. Yep. And one thing that I missed in that Jets segment that we spoke about earlier, I know you were at the game, but how deflating was that to see the Jets score a touchdown late in the fourth quarter only to kick off oh. and Drake just runs back for a touchdown? Well, it was just so and that
0: was the thing. It was, it was a kickoff after they had kicked off and then the Jets got a penalty. They had, I believe it was an offside penalty. So, and I said to the, I said to the guys I was sitting with at the time, I said, I wonder why that they're making the Jets kick it off again because I think they were getting the ball at the thirty. And I was like, that's not, that's not terrible field position. And next thing you know, Kenyon Drake goes the length of the field, and I looked at everybody, and they're like, that's why. And I said, yeah, that was, that was the game. And I was, I was just devastated. But again, not, not surprised. That's what the Jets do. Yeah, so so Jets. So such a Jets move. Uh Battle of the Birds, the Falcons and the Eagles. Uh, it's hard to bet against the Falcons right now. I mean, uh, they kind of they're clicking on offense. And even last week, uh, you know, the running game of the offense of the Falcons is a little iffy. Uh Tevin Coleman's still out with that injury, but you, I mean, Maddie Ice is just having like an MVP type season, and Julio Jones is showing that he's arguably the top wide receiver in the game.
1: Yeah, Manny Ice is having an MVP season Along with my boy Derek Carr I Had to bring up the Raiders Even though they're on a bye week So um, those two quarterbacks are top two But yeah, going with the Falcons here I watched the Eagles-Giants game last week And the Eagles just came out dead They, they had a surge at the end But it wasn't enough Doug Peterson has mismanaged his team The last two weeks He went he went uh, super conservative a week before Went super aggressive against the Giants last week And they both failed in both ways So WP needs some seasoning as a head coach. He's still making some mistakes. I'm going with Atlanta because they're hot right now. And
0: real quick, I don't want to get like a big debate about this, but I it just you spurned something in me. I, I heard a report, and you've probably heard it. Obviously, that the Raiders are looking to lock up uh, Derek Carr long term, make would so potentially pay him more than Andrew Luck, uh, which is the guy, highest paid man in the entire game right now. My mm-hmm. biggest thing, real quick, I just want I always want to know if I'm on base. The fact that the Colts gave Andrew Luck the most money in the world which has severely hurt them going in, in terms of signing other people because all the money is locked up in on one player. Don't you think that could potentially come to fruition with the Raiders because eventually Crabtree is going to be a free agent and Cooper is going to be a free agent and Latavius Murray and so on and so forth?
1: Yeah, you have a point. Uh, off the top, uh, they, they locked up Crabtree to a three-a extension last year, so I believe they have him at least until 2019, I believe. But the big problem is if you if you give Derek Carr Andrew Luck money, then you are gonna have you might have a problem because they have Khalil Mack. Yeah. Uh, they have, as you said, Latavius Murray is also a free agent at the end of this year, and Reggie McKenzie has really done well with free agents. They paid uh Calleggio a lot of money in that offensive line. So yes, you are right. If they if they give him Luck money, they're gonna have to cut from other places, which is tough for a young team on a come up. So they're gonna have to finagle it maybe and figure out what they're going to do but it, there are people that are going to have to leave that team eventually i would say within the next two years if Carr indeed he gets that money
0: yeah i mean the Colts were the raiders three years ago i mean they went to back-to-back playoff games they were looking like the next big franchise and now they're horrendous and you know you don't want to see that for a really good team and a great young player who's a quarterback so uh you know i'll get off my Raiders soapbox so you know
1: <laughs> they're gonna be good for now, so that's what we're hoping that they're oh, just so good that players are willing to come there for less money. Oh,
0: right, like the Cleveland Cavaliers, circa 09 Um, let's see, the Bears and the Bucks. Oh man, what a terrible game! I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with the Bears because Jake Cutler shocked the world. It's gonna shock the world again. Um, I mean, that's all I can really say. What? What? that's, that's terrible.
1: I'm going with the Bears because the Bucs beat I mean who they I mean they surprised Atlanta the first week, but after that they beat the San Francisco 49ers and they beat the Panthers without Cam Newton. Yeah. The Bears have been bad since <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. And I every time the Bucks lose, I always tweet out, So how's that Lovey Smith move working out? Yep, so not so much. Gotta go
0: no, absolutely. They need, they need a running game. They need uh they need a lot of things on that team. Mike Evans also might not play with that concussion, so watch out for that. Packers and the Titans. The fall of Evan Aaron Rodgers continues. People are ready to throw him out of the that the baby with the bathwater. Um, but he's playing the Titans. So I'm taking Green Bay. The Packers are actually are, are they not, if I'm telling me if I'm misspeaking, are they not tied for first place with the Lions and the Vikings?
1: I believe. Actually, I believe the Vikings are still ahead because they have a less—they have one less loss because they had their bye week, oh. and the Lions are right behind them, and the Packers leave are third. Okay, that, which
0: wow, which is kind
1: of just which yeah, which is kind of scary if you think about it. But uh, they're going to rebound. They're going to beat the Titans. Uh, it's the Titans. I go on real quick though. I go on a radio show in Memphis every week on a Tuesday at at, at eleven forty Eastern Time. Wink, wink. Uh, and they like what I had to say about the Titans because I actually like the Titans' smash mouth football. I don't like their head coach, but. I think their offense is limited because it's Mike Malarkey as the head coach, and they don't have a really good head coach, an offensive-minded one. But they, you know what you get from the Titans every week. They play good defense, except for last week when they gave up 43 to the Chargers. But typically, they play good defense, and they run the ball pretty well. Derrick Henry is out with a cap strain, so that may throw you know, a, a wrench into that. But the Packers are going to wind up outscoring them pretty much and win this game.
0: Yeah. The Dolphins and the Chargers oh man you know i'm gonna take the charges because i'm still just so upset about that loss last week to the jets the dolphins are a horrible team jay Ajayi, i look he's been really good the past three weeks but before that nobody knew who he was uh i watched the game they were so undisciplined that it was just that neither team should have won it was terrible and the charges have been really good on defense the past three games i think they have over uh 15 fantasy points for their defense something like that and they're they're scoring at will and all their offensive weapons are predominantly hurt especially at the wide receiver position Uh, so you know i like what they're doing taking the chargers and go away dolphins
1: this is crazy But I looked this up If the charge Remember the Chargers Started the season And it seemed like It came out to one play Where they made a mistake And lost the game Yeah They did it against the, they In the first week They lost in overtime To the Kansas City Chiefs After they had a big lead They lost to the Saints With, with the mistake They lost to the Raiders Because the guy Couldn't handle the snap Yep I think this Chargers team Could have been 8-1 at this point If they hadn't made Those boneheaded errors Yeah The Chargers actually Have a really good team If they don't make Those mistakes And I think they annihilate The Miami Dolphins At home I think Mike McCoy Is safe And I think the Chargers Are gonna push the Broncos As you said earlier For that third spot In AFC
0: West Go Chargers Go Chargers 49ers Cardinals J.J. Nelson Is the new number two Receiver in Arizona He's got good speed He's, a, he's I think he's over five foot six Which helps you know obviously Larry Fitzgerald's a big man but everybody else Is you know too short to ride the ride So it's nice to see I know a guy Stepping up uh but Man the defense has been has been really Bad and Tyron Matthews out three to six weeks But it's the 49ers It doesn't matter what they Do they're terrible Yeah
1: um The 49ers are basically the black Hole in the NFC West I mean they're didn't they're horrible. There's nothing really you can say. The Cardinals got this game in the bag. If you're going to bet on any game, no matter what the line is, bet on the Cardinals. But real quick, I think we might have missed one. Before we get into America's game, uh, let's talk about real quick. I don't know if we skipped it or not, but Vikings and Redskins. I think this is an interesting matchup to talk about. Simply because the Vikings were looked at at one point as the best team in the league with their defense. Huh. They've been they've been leaking a lot of oil lately. They have lost three games in a row. And I must admit, the Redskins are a real team. Why? I made fun of them, Wait, but why? they are now a real team.
0: Why? why? Why are they a real team? Is it because of their because quarterback? It. Is it because of their quarterback? No, it's not because of Kirk Cousins, no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's because they actually have parts around him that actually elevate his game. I don't think he elevates them. I think Such a hater. They elevate, Yes, they elevate Kirk Cousins, and the Washington Redskins are a real team. And I think what's going to happen in this game, I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen, Josh Noem is going to basically shut down and blanket Stefan Diggs, and that's the Vikings' only offensive weapon. Once you do that, you win the game. Redskins win this one handily.
0: Stefan Diggs caught 14 balls for 8 yards last week. How's that even possible? Okay? What is, what is Bradford doing? Throwing negative 3 yards fastest to this guy? But this is Bradford. This is Bradford. This is what he does. So stopping Stefan Diggs, I'm not worried about. They got no offense. They got no running game. The defense, like we always say, is on the field too long. Captain Kirk will be in a Jets uniform next year. But until then, he oh, dominates this team. Dominates maybe 21-7. That's dominant. Yeah.
1: I'm not giving any credit to Kirk. Okay, Kirk Cousins is not a fraud. Okay, I'll say it. He's yeah, not a fraud. Thank he's okay. you. He's decent. He's decent, all right? I was wrong about him earlier, so he's you decent. Know how, do you have any idea
0: how much money Denver's going to throw at him next year? Do you have any it's idea? Not. Stupid They're money. The
1: better, better maintain him because it's better to have a decent quarterback than to have no quarterback. Sure. I mean, what are you going to do? Throw Kirk? colt mccoy out yeah, there seriously. yeah the
0: stallion better pay that money yeah i hear that i hear that cowboy steelers mo and i are disagreeing Moe is Moe is off his rocker taking the steelers i i mean you're going against rain dakota prescott i mean unless tony romo is getting the job back which shouldn't <laughs> happen and better not happen this week how are you taking the steelers even though they're at home
1: listen okay i at three Things to say here,
0: okay. Right. Number one, we're
1: in lockstep and basically all our picks here. just <laughs> This is the first like disagreement pick, and I'm trying to make up some ground. Oh, okay. All right, that's nah. so
0: number one. I'm just gonna go. I'm gonna go pick for pick with you the rest of the season. So I'm, <laughs> I'm done. I win. I win. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Such a cheater. But Such anyway. A cheater. I, don't, I wouldn't be down on the Steelers, okay? Real quick, okay? I know it looks bad because the Steelers got trounced against the Ravens last week. And ben Roethlisberger probably shouldn't have been on the field. Nope. But I think they're going to recover because the Steelers, they play down to competition. But when is a big game? When they play teams like the Patriots or the Broncos, they usually play to their utmost potential. And I think they will play to their utmost potential with the Dallas Cowboys. And I think the Steelers win it. On Heinz field. I think it becomes a shootout because I don't see Dallas winning a shootout with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think Dallas, if the Dallas Cowboys are going to win this game, they're going to have to slow it down. I don't think they do it because the Steelers have Le'Veon Bell, Ben Roethlisberger feeling a little bit better, and my man, the number one overall pick in my fantasy league, our fantasy league, Antonio Brown. So Steelers <laughs> will win this game. Mark my words.
0: Yeah, your man hasn't lived up to anything. Nothing this year. He, he should have been like the 12th overall pick. Nice. Game of the week Seattle, New England It's gonna be good Mo talked about, you know, two of the predominantly Smart teams in the NFL Tom Brady is, is you know What can you say about the guy He's playing at MVP pace uh, Russell Wilson looked great last week It'll be interesting. It's, I, whoever makes whoever makes the one mistake that costs them the game on offense, be it you know a fumble or a pick, it's gonna lose this game. Uh, but at home, how can you how can you go against you know Tom Brady? How do you how do you go against him?
1: Yeah, it's tough. It would be tough. Going against the Patriots here, I'm picking the Patriots. Uh, Seattle's coming off a short week. They were just on Monday Night Football, and you know what the Patriots do? They like to take away your best weapon. And I believe in this case, they should focus on taking away Joey Graham. Jimmy Graham, Kimmy. who's played well, who played well on Monday Night Football, he came alive as you so good. We had two touchdowns, yeah. so he's he's back after that uh, Torn Patella attendant. I think the Patriots uh, neutralized him and they forced the Seahawks to go to their their wide receiver core, which isn't that great. And I think the Patriots' quarterbacks can handle that. So Deion Lewis also looked out for him. If he may play this week. He was on the pup list. He's one of those catching, or should I should say, receiving running backs out of the backfield. The Patriots will have a full slate for Tom Brady. To pick apart that Seattle Seahawks
0: defense. Yeah, because that's when he needs more weapons. Great, but anyway, speaking of patellar tendons, looks like Victor Cruz may never be the Victor Cruz of old. Now that's probably not news to anyone, but it's a little sad. So, um, regardless, I'm taking the Giants because, I mean, the Bengals are just so inconsistent Jeremy Hill only rushes good from like week seven on and and this is the portion of the season where he should run really really well but you just never know what you're gonna get out of Andy Dalton and, and the Giants secondary the past couple games has played really well led by Landon Collins who's, who's looking like a pro ball type safety so Mo, I'm taking the Giants at home Monday night the Giants need to win this game to obviously keep ground with the Dallas Cowboys we can, you know and obviously Philly is still hanging around there as well
1: I, I don't trust the giants even though they're five or three i don't know what it is but i watched the philly game and they dominated and then it comes down to the fourth quarter and then eli throws like these picks yeah but that's what, I, I that's what he does that's what he does then that scares the crap out of me because <laughs> how can i trust you I, I mean last time we saw the giants on Monday Night football they got crushed by the minnesota vikings
0: yeah but that's when they were good I don't know. that's when they were good you know
1: yeah, that's true, too, but I think A.J. Green is a different animal. I know you said the Giants defense secondary has been playing well, but A.J. Green is a different type of wide receiver. Yeah, and I think they're going to struggle with him, and I think the Bengals pull it out from this victory. They got, uh, they got Tyler Eifert back,
0: yeah. too,
1: so yeah. got to look out. For yeah. I, I'm taking the Bengals. I'm making up ground on these picks. <laughs> Bengals
0: win. Them. Yep. Uh, best of luck with that because if it's anything like our fantasy league, you're going to need oh. it, Mo. You're gonna... Listen, I'm
1: cheering for you this week, okay? Because if you guys haven't noticed, we're we're winding it down. Uh, 13 weeks in, in the season for our fantasy league, 10th game obviously. Uh, I'm playing Dan Thomas, who's a competitor in Mike's division for that playoff spot. If you haven't noticed, Laura is running away with with Mike's division at eight and one. So there's a He's battle cheating. for that second spot. Mike's fighting for that spot right now, and I would help Mike a lot if I were to beat Dan Thomas next. Oh, this Sunday. He plays Justin Hoffman one 800 guys is the team name And Justin leads my division So Mike and I even know we're bitter rivals We have to put our differences aside And root for each other To win this week So go Mike I
0: Thanks, man. You. I appreciate it right back at you uh, Although I did crown myself The all injured uh, Playoff winning team Because if anybody makes the playoffs With the club that I have It's, uh, it's pretty much a miracle uh, every week, I just, every week I get somebody hurt, you know, it was where I just, you know, it's just, it's insane, so I thank you for giving me uh, Howard from the Bears, even though you didn't really do it, you kind of did, because I picked him up and I needed him, uh, you know, but you know. Yeah.
1: I, I saw this coming the whole time, and I, this is all planned, I didn't want to tell you. Oh, thanks. Oh.
0: This
1: is all planned, you know, being that we're only a few weeks away from Christmas, I True. figured I'd just throw you a quick
0: gift there, so. Thank you, in our free <laughs> fantasy football league, thanks, I appreciate that. <laughs>
1: hey listen all right you need to win this game so i'm trying to get you to win this game so i can get in the playoffs and destroy you in the playoffs oh
0: okay oh, so well, thanks well as long as Devonte adams keeps catching touchdowns i might be okay
1: yeah you need to watch out for that i mean yeah. i think Devonte adams is gonna have a good week because even if randall cobb is in because to be honest with you when it comes down to red zone targets Devonte adams has been aaron Rodgers' guy and Randall Cobb is kind of taking a step back. And I, I know this because I have Randall Cobb on one of my fancy teams. So uh, I hope he does well this week, as in Devontae, because, again, I really need Mike to win this game because if he does and I win, I'll be within one game of leading my division and having supremacy over their entire league, which I will have anyway. But, of course, it will look good if I just finish the season as the number one team, number one seed. In Eastern Conference.
0: Let's see what is going on in the world of celebrity news, Mo. What do you got cooking today on the uh, the, the back burner?
1: Ah, uh, Dream Renee Kardashian was Ooh. born today, I believe, nine forty Eastern time, maybe nine forty Western time. I'm not sure, but uh, anyway, uh, Black China Rob K, Rob Kardashian, congratulations. Uh, what is with these names? Oh, like seriously, man. I I'm trying to think. I don't I don't wanna. Uh, a normal name now, like Kayla or something. Maybe I should name my daughter or son something like Dream or North or something like, or Blue or Red or or Pink or Apple or
0: Pantleg. I don't Play know. Pantleg, like, damn. will
1: be something. I don't know. <laughs> I, I need mean, a cool name because these these celebrities they have some pretty cool like Dream Kardashian. That's a nice name. I actually like that name.
0: You Very do? Cool. Cause it kind of sounds like an exotic dancer to me. I'm just.
1: Yeah, well you know black China's yeah. history,
0: yeah,
1: well, so I'm not go. really all that surprised.
0: Mother like yeah. daughter. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. Right. Uh, but
1: you know, I saw the pics. Great looking kid, child, baby, so, infant, newborn, you know, so congratulations to Black China Rob K, their new life. Let's just hope everything stays together because we know how these entertainment news pregnancy things go and people split we're just hoping the family stays together and they have a nice life you know I I I hope for them
0: i for them yeah just, just uh, don't don't put any money down in Vegas on these guys making it more than a year that's all I'm saying
1: yeah I, you know I hate it's it's, it's sad because I, I know that these stars they're in the spotlight a lot so they get exposed to a lot of people and they're on the road and they don't see each other and they wind up not feeling the same as they were when they first met, but you know, for the kids' sake, let's just hope the parents stay together and it's a, it's a full household and no one leaves on another person because, we, we're here trying to unite people as I, as we started the show. Okay, it's all about
0: uniting the people of America. Let's stay together, folks. Stay together. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, that is gonna wrap up episode thirty nine as always you know we just we're just trying to keep keep the dream alive keep everything positive keep it 100 if you haven't heard that in a while on this show but that's the truth so as always hit us up on social media mike and mo show on twitter facebook you can find us on stitcher the official home of the uh the world of the mike and mo if you're following us on espn uh, fantasy do it there and of course you can always download the show on itunes just type in on the podcast tab Mike and Mo Show, download, share, tell your friends. And uh, that's it, Mo. Anything else until episode 40 next week?
1: Uh, happy Veterans Day yes. to all the veterans out there. I know Mike's dad served, my dad served. Absolutely. So uh, happy Veterans Day to all on their special day. But all the time, and every day, if you see a veteran out in the street, just congratulate him because it's a courageous thing to do because a lot of us, they're they're, they're basically the one percentage. Just is yep. we talk about athletes being the one percent best athletes in the world to be, you know... A professional athlete on the TV every day These these men and women, these service men and women They're the one percenters in our society Because how many people are willing to put their lives on the line To protect their country So happy Veterans Day to them Mike's dad, my dad, up above Absolutely. Everyone else who's listening
0: Definitely, I gave my dad a whole list of the free places he can eat tomorrow So um, that is my gift to him Thank you, Dad, for your service, and enjoy uh free food. Uh, I mean, there's a great thing that, that uh, I guess restaurants do. I mean, it's a nice way to honor honor those who gave uh, you know so much for their country. So, if you take out anything out of this election, take out the fact that there are still men and women doing what they feel is best for their country. So, uh, whether you agree with the election or not, those are the people that you know we need to support a hundred percent. Uh, regardless of how you feel. <laughs>
1: Because if they can do it, and they say this all the time uh, Servicemen and women, they say Their job is to protect the country And and the constitution, no matter who is the president So if they can do it While they're out there fighting for us, then we can do it here In our everyday lives too
0: Very nice, very much. Well, as always, I'm Mike, he's This is the show, follow us next week Episode 40, we'll be back until then Have fun, be kind, stay off the streets Stay off the Facebook, and just You know what, pay it forward, be good to each other We'll talk to you guys then, take care